I'm using SEO everywhere. So from my title, keywords in their descriptions, when I go to do an episode, I'm using SEO. So my podcast grew more from the podcast apps, from using SEO than what my audience was at that time. Are you not getting the downloads you desire? Unsure about how to promote your podcast effectively or struggling to monetize your work? Well, you've just found the resource you need. Hi, and welcome to Mike's to Millions, the podcast that brings you exclusive in-depth conversations with top tier hosts in the health and wellness industry to help you grow your podcast. I'm your host, Sam Breakgear, co-founder of Podwritten, a podcast booking agency for health and wellness businesses. In every episode, we dive deep into what it really takes to get more podcast listeners, successfully promote your show and monetize your work. Remember, if you like the show, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. This helps us grow and in doing so, we can continue to offer you valuable insights and podcast growth tips. Now, let's get into it. My guest today is the host of Healthy Beyond 40, a podcast that empowers women to take control of their health through simple life changes so they can feel good and live their best lives. The show receives roughly 15,000 monthly listeners, which is an impressive achievement given that the show only started in March 2023. She's also an online personal trainer and health coach, a mum of four, a military spouse, and holds a doctorate in physical therapy. Michelle Reekman, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. It's wonderful to have you here. I think that your case study really stands out because you're so new to the podcasting scene, um, but you've, your, your show has come so far in such a a short period of time and i'd love to know like how did the idea for healthy beyond 40 first come from like where did it first come from and like how did you know you wanted to create this yeah so i started my online business doing personal training and health coaching for women and really for moms so it took a little while of really doing some journaling and some guidance on really who i wanted to focus on So who I wanted to narrow down to, and that sort of became women over 40, because sometimes a lot of our hormones are changing and we're just in a really busy season of life where we're not taking care of our health. So I really wanted to focus um, on those people. And I had also dabbled in guest podcasting because I really do love teaching and empowering people to take care of their health because our health rules everything we do in our life. And there's so much out there in the diet culture that we are not taught well. So I love helping people get away from that diet culture and focus on healthy. So that's one reason why healthy is in my podcast title, because I really want those people who are looking to be healthy, not just losing weight, not looking for a diet, but people who are healthy. So also my podcast title is very SEO friendly. So it's healthy beyond 40. So someone looks at that, if they're 40 or older or even close to 40, they are going to click on that because that is what they want. And I did have um, a business coach, she's sort of a friend too, help me with the name. I was thinking of something different and she's like, that's not going to click. I was thinking beyond perimenopause or perimenopause and beyond. And she's like, I don't think most people are going to know what that means. So me being more with a medical background, that makes sense to me. So it was also good to have feedback from other people to make sure that that was going to click with my audience. And did you get like a wide variety of feedback? Did you actively seek it out? Or was it just like some close friends maybe you shared it with? 
Yeah, it was more closer people, but I specifically like privately connected with people who I think would be in my ideal audience to run that by. So not just anybody, but people that I wanted to listen to my podcast and that I thought would. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a great name. It's exactly very clear. Um, and yeah, I can understand how that would be SEO friendly. So that's a, certainly a smart choice. And I know outside of podcasting, you're a mom of four and a military spouse, which must keep you pretty busy. Do you have any advice for those listening who maybe want to get started with a podcast, but feel they just don't have enough time? Yeah, I think our time is always what we make of it. So when it comes to podcasting, you can sort of keep it pretty simple. So for me to do one episode, it probably takes me one to two hours. So if I know how much time that's going to take, and then I also have, I keep my editing pretty simple, especially when I do solo episodes. And this is one reason I do more solo episodes because it's easier to edit. So I'm basically editing as I go along. So I'll stop, I'll take a pause. That way I'm not having to go back and listen to the whole episode. So I keep my editing simple. I also keep my episodes short. So they're typically 10 to 30 minutes. And I've gotten really good feedback about that. So people will message me and they're like, I just love how short they are, how to the point they are. So I'm also making sure that the episodes are meshing with the audience and keeping them short makes it easier for me too. I also have different systems and routines in place for me to know exactly what I need to do when it comes to an episode. So I'm going to write my ideas down. I'm going to record the episode. And I sort of have like this checklist for me of what I need to do for each episode. So I'm not sitting there thinking each time I'm going to record or I'm coming back to edit, like where am I in this? I have it all written down. So I have that system in place. So I'm not wasting time. And I think anything in business, I wanted this podcast to work for me. And so I learned how to do it correctly. And this is what I'm focusing on. So I'm not wasting my time on other things in my business that weren't really getting me much traction. Yeah, it sounds like you have really found a way of making things really efficient. And I can honestly say, having worked with you in the past, I've seen that uh, in these like processes that you speak about. And I also love the idea of these short episodes because I suppose not only they're easier to create, but that also gives more content for your channel and more content obviously gets you like picked up more. Uh, so that's super smart as well. Yeah, so I actually release two episodes a week. In the summer, I went down to one, but I'm able to release two episodes a week because they are shorter. And also, I thought, man, how am I going to think of so many like topics to do episodes on when I first started my podcast? But they all come. You just think of more things that people are asking or talking about, or as I'm coaching clients, like topic ideas come up pretty easy. Yeah, it's almost like you get there in this creative trance I find when you start thinking about one that spreads to another and another and it's like this infectious like thought process yeah I know that you have like recently launched this like in March so the podcast is still fairly young and I want to get into what this like almost first year has looked like but before that you said something that interests me you did podcast guesting before you created the podcast is that correct yeah almost like building up my muscle of speaking because I really wasn't that confident in speaking. So I actually started with some Facebook lives and Instagram lives, just thinking of different topics I could talk about that my audience would be interested in, almost giving myself a little outline because it was almost like I didn't know how to formulate all this information in my head that I have. And then from that, 
I went to do guesting on other people's podcasts and really just continuing to build up that confidence. And then it's finally like, Hey, I think I can do this. I can start my own podcast. And so that's sort of how it began. I got to say, it's pretty confident in the sense that Facebook lives and Instagram lives, was there an element of, um, I, I don't know, adrenaline or fear? Because my thought process would be that it might be easier to guest on other people's podcasts because they can at least be edited. Whereas you're going in live. Um, what was the mental thought process like going into those like Facebook lives and Instagram lives for you? Yeah, in one sense, it can be a little bit more pressure because you are live. Also in the Facebook, Instagram live, I also did um, episodes or lives with other people too. So we might have had an outline to follow. In one sense, I think when you are podcast guesting for someone else, there's also some pressure there too, that you don't want to do a bad job and do that too. But I think it's, you know, really finding a few topics that you're passionate about. If you're not confident speaking, give yourself an outline because the more you keep speaking, whether it's perfect or not, the more you're going to get better at it. And then, you know, you can listen to different things, how to speak well. Like I always have to think about how can I incorporate stories? Like that's not natural to me, but I love hearing stories when other people speak. And I know that helps to explain concepts better. So you just improve your speaking as you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like anything. The more you practice, the better you get at it. And it be nerve-wracking at the start anyway. But certainly, I think that's solid advice. And Facebook Lives, Instagram Lives, or guesting on other podcasts is a great great way to start before making your own. And obviously, you did launch your own. Uh, it came out in March uh, 2023. And I'd be curious to know if you could go back to that time, if you could go back to before you started this, uh, what advice would you share with your former self? Yeah, I'm super excited. So... A little, I just looked at my analytics before we hopped on and I'm at 87,000 downloads. And within a month, I should be hitting like 100,000. And that just like seems crazy to me because I never thought it would grow that much. Um, So if I could go back and tell myself something, I think it would be just to, I think there's just more like, anxiety or anxiousness or worry starting if it's going to work out. But I was listening to another coach talk and she said, you know, you're going to make impact before you make income, because obviously most of us want to monetize our podcast, but also knowing that I am making an impact on people. And on my podcast, I talk about telling people to come to my Facebook group. So I message with some of these people. And so even if they're not working with me, they're like, oh, that tip really helped. And I'm hearing this impact that I'm making on people. So also just keeping like this broader picture of what you want to do, what you want to share, why you're passionate about it. So yes, to hopefully make some money, but also where is that impact that you want to grow and helping and serving people along the way? Yeah, that's some solid advice. I think making your content value-driven and focusing on giving value before you look on getting it back, that's uh, some smart advice. And I know you're very like methodical in your processes and how you approach stuff. So I'd be curious to know, like, what are some of the most successful steps you've taken to promote Healthy Beyond 40? Yeah, so one thing I did that I haven't mentioned was I actually took a podcast course before I launched my podcast because I wanted to launch it well. I really wanted this to be the way to promote my business because I had been on Facebook, been on Instagram. I'm still there, but it just seems like 
hard. Like you're just dragging yourself through the mud and, and I still use it, but I wanted something that I enjoyed more. So teaching and sharing what I know, inspiring others, you know, having this podcast is, it feels really good to me. So some of the things that I do and that I learned in that course is I'm using SEO everywhere. So from my title keywords and their descriptions, when I go to do an episode, I'm using SEO. So my podcast grew more from the podcast apps from using SEO than what my audience was at that time. So my social media audience is still pretty small. So these people that are coming to my podcast are mostly finding me through the podcast apps from SEO. And also I guess on other podcasts. So some people might trickle in there too, when I mention it. So I'm always sort of taking that time for like the titles of each episode that I'm writing. Like I usually try not to waste too much time, but the titles of my episodes, I will definitely slow down. Like what are some keywords I need here? What's going to be like clickable or intriguing that someone is going to want to click on, but obviously like still true to the episode. We don't want something like spammy or false. And also um, really just sort of checking in with people, what my analytics are showing, like what episodes are doing well and trying to do more episodes around those ideas have helped too. That's cool. I think one of the things that's so often overlooked when it comes to podcasting is when we think of search engines and SEO, most people revert back to Google, or I suppose most people think of Google primarily uh, when it comes to this. But obviously, like you mentioned, podcast platform apps, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, even YouTube uh, are important places where you can be discovered. Um, and you're really creating that like evergreen content that's going to be found for potentially years to come um, if you do make the right decisions like you mentioned there. Uh, and I do want to know, you mentioned about this podcast course. If someone is listening to this and they're thinking, you know what, I probably do need to do a podcast course before I start my podcast. How did you make the decision? Like, this is the one for me. What would you tell them to look out for? Yeah, so I wanted someone whose podcast was actually doing well. And someone that I just really felt connected with, that she was going to provide the information. You know, they always say share client results and things like that. And I like seeing that, but I really like, it's probably my brain. I want to see like what's inside the course, like what's actually here because I can use that link. Is this going to provide me with the information I need to really make this successful? Um so the person I took the course through, um, she had like, you know, an hour video that was free that really gave you a taste of how she teaches and she has her own podcast. So I listened on there and I really sat on it for a little bit because it's a bit of an investment, um, but I felt pretty good going into it and I'm super happy with her course and she still has a Facebook community for those who have bought her course. So I'm able to ask questions in there and still have a little bit of ongoing support, which I think is helpful too. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems like it, it's worked well for you. And I also want to ask you about your podcast guesting. Like, is that something you do personally? Do you send the pitches yourself? How do you get yourself booked on these shows? Yeah, that it's a lot of work. <laughs> I'm sure you know yeah, that. You're telling me. yeah. And I think also now I'm getting at the point where, you know, I'll use some Facebook groups that where people post like looking for a guest, that kind of thing. And almost at the point where with my time that I need to be a little more strategic about choosing podcasts that I guest on 
because starting this podcast and knowing like how some other people's podcasts go, I mean, anyone can start a podcast. And if you're not really starting it strategically using SEO, using these other things, like that episode may not get very many downloads or much reach. So I want to be a little more strategic, making sure I'm spending my time on at least podcasts that have some traction. And that really just comes down from, you know, that time standpoint that that I want to work on my business because then I want to have time outside of my business for my family and to take care of me and all that other stuff. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's important to be strategic with your time. And I mean, doing your own podcast alone, it takes up so much more time than one might consider uh, just as a listener. And then pitching on top of that, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to make you very uh, time constricted. But I'm curious, you also previously mentioned, like find a few topics that you can do and speak to those. When you are reaching out to these podcasts and you're pitching yourself, how did you decide on these topics and what kind of influenced the decision-making to go ahead and pitch these shows with these topics? Yeah. So I like to find podcasts. So obviously mine is about health and fitness. I do personal training, health coaching. So sometimes I will look for people in that space, but also for me, like finding podcasts where their audience will also relate, but maybe it's not what they do. So it might be some type of mom podcast or someone who talks more about the kitchen or just a little, you can sort of think outside the box too. And then really, I like to scan their recent episodes and see like what's missing that I could provide value to. So I think that is helpful. Um, And just sharing a little bit about me and I'm not always great about this, but if they don't answer, trying to um, follow up to or connect on a different platform. Like if it was Instagram, I connected, I might email them or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I can say as a podcast booking expert myself, you're doing all the right things. Uh, and uh, I, I, I want to know, do you offer guest swaps or do you ever get responses where people say, um, I'd love to have you on. Would you be interested in doing a guest swap? And how do you approach that? Yeah, I have done. I recently just did one guest swap and like, her podcast is also um, doing pretty well too. So yeah, we did that. Um, she's also into health and it, yeah, it felt really good. We talked about our topics and that was through the podcast course that I took that Facebook group that they have. There was like a post about doing swaps. Um, so that was how I found that, but I typically um, don't go look for it, but depending on the person, mm-hmm. if it's offered, if it feels like a good um, even exchange and valuable to my audience, mm-hmm. then I'll do that. Yeah, because that's something that I've noticed working with my clients. Like if they have a podcast and it's sizable, then not all the time, but occasionally they'll come back and be like, oh, they're, they're, they're just open to podcast swaps. So um, it is interesting to see how you personally handle that. And I do kind of want to know in the vein of having people on your show, you mentioned that you focus a lot on solo episodes, but I know in the past you have had guests on. What do you look for when you receive a pitch from someone wanting to be on Healthy Beyond 40? Yeah, it was sort of crazy at first. You know, I started after a little bit getting like emails from people like, I want to be on your podcast or I have someone that would be a fit for your podcast. And I was like, wow, like people are reaching out to me. And first Mm -hmm. I just ignored them um, because I was just doing solo episodes. But then I'm like, hey, you know what? Like I'll reply because it takes me more time to edit it. Like I have a hundred dollar editing fee if you're interested. So it has also become a small stream, but another little stream 
of income for my business too. And I only do that when people reach out to me. I'm not mm -hmm. reaching out to people saying, hey, be a guest and pay $100. Yeah. But when people reach out to me, I do that. And so what I'm looking for when someone reaches out to me is, do they have something that my audience would be interested in? Mm -hmm. And something maybe not exactly what I do, but complements it well. So like me and you met through someone who is on my podcast and she was into fascia. So mm -hmm. that is a tissue in our body. And I know a little bit about it, but it's not my expertise. So mm -hmm. I thought that would be really fun to be able to share that with my audience in what she does. So can they provide value in some way? Mm -hmm. And also, does this person like know really well what they're talking about? So I'm going to probably check out their website or social media mm -hmm. um, and make sure that they're a good fit. And then we do just a quick interview um, to make sure it's a click. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you obviously charge a $100 fee for the editing and that helps like obviously move with the show moving forward. Do you ever get a response from people where they say no or they maybe reach out and then they they decline being on the show? Like how, how does that ever impact the dynamics between you and the people that initially reach out? Yeah, I've had a few people like, oh, like, no, like, and they almost sort of like try to pitch again, like this person can provide really good value. And I mean, I just don't respond because to me, it's like, I'm not really searching for guests. So it's not like hard feelings on my part. So yeah, to me, it's, it doesn't bother me. Now, I really wanted to ask because obviously as a podcast booking specialist myself, we do see that come up. And I have to say, I can pretty easily tell when a, a show is way overcharging their guests and like they're using that as the primary way just to make money. And I'd never got that sensation with you. I, I loved working with you. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that you're you're one of the good ones. But it is interesting because I do have other clients that I've worked with and out of a matter of principle, they'll just say like no to all kind of like uh, offers to be on a show where you have to pay because they have this um, or in some cases I've heard where there's that feel like that it's an equal exchange of value and they're like saying, oh, I'm going to be on the show. So I'm going to be giving value. And I suppose it's that that sensation of, reciprocity like in their mind they feel like that what they're adding doesn't mm -hmm. um warrant uh, a payment but i can completely understand from your perspective like obviously that's why i mentioned you're one of the good ones yeah it definitely takes more time for me to like set up the interview edit the episode and do all of that so you know making sure i'm sort of getting reimbursed for my time a little bit but i also think i have um, people have posted in the past before, like be a guest on my podcast. And there's been a couple people I'm like, sure. And then we like do a pre-interview and then they're like, Hey, there's a fee to be on my podcast. Well, and that uh, does not feel good. Yeah. That doesn't sit well with me either. I yeah. I've had that before. I had that one. I had one previously where, okay. So this show said that they could have someone on and it wasn't a huge show. I mean, they've got some good numbers on YouTube and Instagram, but it's not a huge show. And they said it's $500 uh, to be on. And that covers half the, the cost of the production of the episode. And I was like, half the, I was like, how much you just recording the episode and you, you, I don't even know if they did a video. I think maybe they did, but it didn't look high budget. And I was like, why is it costing you a thousand dollars an episode? And they're like, okay, you got us. It's actually 60 to 70% of the cost of the show. And even then I was like, well, first of all, you lied to me. And second of all, like how is it costing this much so like i got really bad vibes from them yeah and it's in those cases where i'm like this doesn't sit well with me and then from then onwards i'll know i'm not going to pitch or interact with this show because 
you just get that gut feeling yeah so yeah i i think it really depends on your own instinct and your own analysis and it's a case-by-case basis on the topic of monetization though what are your main focuses for like monetizing the podcast or earning revenue from helping beyond 40 yeah absolutely so the first way i did is and i think it's helpful to start this as soon as you're launching your podcast is i started sharing one my facebook group to get people into a free space and then also to set up like a free health coaching call with me So I was able to get new clients from the podcast. Um, The other thing that I have also done is there is a green juice that I really like and I use myself. So they had an affiliate program. So I signed up with that. And that was interesting because I remember talking about it on the podcast for like a month or two and telling my husband like, no one, like, I don't, no one's bought it yet. Like, I don't know if it's working. And then all of a sudden, like, there was some more Then the next month it doubled and it started to grow more. So I also found another company again, that I use, um, their Omega oil and they do test-based nutrition. So partnering with a company that I really like, and then just sharing about that has been another way to sort of add another stream of income. And I can see that continuing to pay off more long-term too. Cause I think people need to hear that quite a bit before they start to look at it yeah i'm interested to know when you mentioned there about partnering with i think that omega-3 company was it did Mm -hmm. they reach out to you or did you reach out to them no so i reached out to them so one of my friends actually introduced me to the company and i had so they have like at home testing you can do of your the omegas in your blood and i did mine and mine was terrible more because i don't eat fish Mm -hmm. um or take fish oil. So then I started using their product. And I did that for about eight months before I shared it. Because again, as we were just even talking about, you know, that $100 guest editing fee I have, I think it's really important to lead your business well, and in honesty and truth to yourself. So these products that I'm sharing, I use them, I really like them, my family uses them. And then it's easier to share that and to feel good about it. You know, I'm not just sharing that to make money. I'm sharing that because I believe in these and it helps me. Yeah, you can stand by. And I really hate using this word now because I feel like it's been hijacked. But uh, when you're authentic in your business, it really shows. And I think that you can see that kind of uh, authenticity. Uh, It's important because it's very transparent. You know when people are being real or not. Um, so yeah, absolutely. That's a step that you cannot miss. And I do want to, I asked this question to all my guests, cause I'm really curious to know how they came to this decision and why they chose it, but which platform do you use to host healthy beyond 40? I use Podbean, And that is just because the person I took the course from, that's what she recommended. Um, I think it was anchor. Maybe now it's owned by Spotify. I mean, I heard with that one, like a couple issues. So I just sort of like didn't overthink it. I'm like, I'm just going to use what this person is recommending. And it's been fine, but I don't have anything else to compare it to. The same for most people, I think. I think once you choose a podcast platform, I've spoken to podcast hosts on here and they have switched uh, where they have been on like Spotify for podcasters. I think that's uh, formerly known as Anchor. I think that's a great place to start, certainly. But as you level up, um, I think you do require a more professional platform. Um, so I'm always interested to know like where people start, what experiences they've had and where they are now. Um, but Podbean is obviously like a well-recognized industry leader. Uh, so yeah, that's cool to know. And 
I kind of wanted to know really some of my last questions are just about advice in general. And I want to know, what do you think it takes to create a successful podcast? Yeah, I think to really create a successful podcast and more talking about monetizing it here, because, and even if you're not wanting to monetize it, if you want to reach more people, you have to set it up well. And I think SEO, that's been huge for me. And like I said earlier, like looking at your analytics, what episodes are people resonating with? What are those sort of keywords that you can pull out and talk more about in different ways? And also really just getting that feedback, like the feedback I said about people liking the short episodes, like that's really good to know because then I'm going to make sure that I'm really doing that because I want to keep my audience engaged and listening. And how do you elicit this feedback? Is it something that you post in your Facebook group or do you ask people to leave reviews or is there another method? Yeah, one of the main ways, so I will chat with people. So on my podcast, I tell them to join my free Facebook group, Healthy Beyond 40. And I message everybody who joins just like a welcome message. And I say, how did you find me? And so then mm -hmm. that sort of opens up the conversation. Obviously, not everybody sees those messages because they can go to the... I don't know, one of the filters, but the people who do answer, that's how I've been able to get feedback. I've also gotten, I send out a weekly email. So every once in a while, someone will respond to the email or when I'm doing a free call, um, people get feedback. Even like some of my clients still listen to my podcast. So as I'm like on a coaching call for the week with them, they're like, oh, I really liked your episode you did this week. And, you know, they'll tell me what they like about it. So, so different places I'm getting feedback. That's that's awesome. I think, yeah, that's so essential. Um, and I really just have one last question for you. Like you've spilled so much interesting and useful information in this episode. But if someone was listening and you know what, for some reason they're busy doing the chores, housework, whatever, and they just have take one piece of advice away from this, what would be the one piece of information that you would want them to walk away with uh, about creating uh, and monetizing a podcast. Yeah, sort of like, you know, when I'm health coaching with people, I'm always talking about simplifying it, narrowing it down to one habit, because I think when things seem too big and too complicated, we don't get started. So it's the same thing in podcasting. How can you simplify? How can you narrow down on what you need to do? So maybe you haven't started your podcast. Like, how can I start figuring out who I want to speak to? You know, how could that podcast title go? Like, how am I going to start connecting with people? So if you can sort of narrow down on what your focus needs to be and not quite looking at that big picture, if you're feeling stuck and just doing one thing, then doing that next to get yourself ready to launch it. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I love the phrase, something isn't nothing. And I know from being on your page mm -hmm. before you take the same approach with exercise, um, and I think that that's really smart. I, I love fitness myself. It's one of the reasons why our podcast booking agency focuses on health and wellness and fitness. And I think that it's a principle that can definitely be applied to anything in life, really. Obviously, I would highly recommend listeners to go check out Healthy Beyond mm -hmm. 40, leave a review and share it, listen to it, do all those wonderful things. But Michelle, if they want to contact you or keep up with you in person, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram under my name, Michelle Reekman. Also, you can send me an email at Michelle with one L 
at healthybeyond40.com. And I would love to connect with people. I've had like quite a few friends and different people I've networked, like reach out to me because they're starting a podcast and they're like, yours is doing well. So I love encouraging other people who are getting started on their journey too. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, we'll have your contact information in the show notes, but otherwise, best of luck. And uh, I know you're, you just got started more or less, but uh, I can see a very prosperous future for you uh, if you keep doing all the things you're doing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to see what will happen. You know, podcasting is a long game, so it's just getting started. Thanks for joining us today. Remember, you can find more helpful resources to grow your business with podcasting on our blog at podwritten.com and on Instagram at podwritten. You can also find a full transcript for this episode on our website, so be sure to visit podwritten.com or follow the links in the episode description. Until next time, stay healthy, happy, and successful.